This one's for you, Boston. Washington's a different city than it was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder. This is our f***ing city. It's our city, it's our podcast, it's our community, it's our kind of day. It's Friday here. You're probably listening on a Monday, and so you're not quite as joyous as we are. Um, we've, um, we've opened the bar here at the studios of uh, Hirsch Roberts, and uh, we're enjoying a, uh, a libation, but only one, so don't worry. But welcome back to the Boston Podcast. That's what we're about. It's Friday afternoon. We're enjoying a drink with friends, um, and... Um, we're glad that you're back with us. We um, we kind of took the summer off, if you hadn't noticed, but we're back and strong. And so uh, October, we bring you a full slate. Well, almost. Uh, Mid-October, we bring you a full slate of podcasts, and we'll continue on uh, forever. So, And Max is here. Max Perlman, Hirsch Roberts, employment attorney, living the American dream. Living, living the dream. Absolutely. Living the dream. Yeah. How, how, how are things with your practice these days? Things are great. Uh, you know, obviously when you're, when you're a litigator like I am, things tend to uh, uh, speed up a little bit in the fall. Yeah. As, uh, as our guest will, will attest to, Tony Pelosi. Yeah. Um, you just gave it away who our guest is. Yeah. How, how long <laughs> are we going to hold that one in? Uh, I, I don't know. It was, I was developing a cliffhanger kind of thing. Yeah. I, I sent you a legitimate re- referral today. I'm, I'm very happy. It makes my day to help you. I hope it's a help to you. Who knows? I, I absolutely yeah. love it. So yeah. it's a perfect, uh, right, in my, right in my sweet spot. So I my, thank, you, thank you for it. My uh, sainted sister-in-law, Jamie Yaz, who may or may not be listening. Uh, Jamie's not listening. She's on the left coast. but uh, Well, she could still listen, but I don't think she's going to listen. Anyway, she's involved in a company. They do have the internet out there. They do, yeah. I heard. It, it's, yeah, I heard it has hit uh, L.A. and San Francisco. and so. Uh, but she's setting up a, a business, a jewelry business, uh, high-end, and uh, needs some help here. And I don't know why everyone would care about this, but hey, this is my life, so what the hell. And also, by the way, oh, by the way, Tony Pelusi's here, who is uh, an amazing guy, a uh, member of the bar. And uh, still a member of the bar? Absolutely. Okay. I haven't taken my card yet. Just like me. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just uh, right. Although you know a few people whose card has been taken, but um, and, uh, Tony's the kind of yeah, lawyer that every lawyer aspires to be. That's right. And that's, that's a, right. Not practicing lawyer, as evidenced by the nice casual shirt and Chuck Taylor's. Brand new, Chuck Tews, Chuck Tews, guys. Okay. Yeah. Brand new for the show for you, Dave. <laughs> I'm styling, man. Did you Chuck think is, this was going to be videotaped? I don't know. I, you know. <laughs> In the words of uh, the poet Bruno Mars, he's got his Chucks on with Saint Laurent. Although I don't think you're wearing Saint Laurent. Could whatever. Be. But Chuck, Chuck's. I wouldn't, is, uh, I wouldn't put that past Tony. Chuck's <laughs> is high fashion these days. Yeah. That's so, um, and for those of you who don't know Tony Pelusi, uh, a long and storied career as as a uh, you were a DA, a DA first. Started right? off as a DA in Middlesex, yeah. right? Yeah. For, for did that for many years in private practice for many years. Worked on um, many prominent cases, um, the most prominent of which probably the the Demoulis family kerfuffle that we've talked about here on this podcast before. And uh, actually, we should tell you right now, Max and I were thinking we could do uh, like an oral history of the Demoulis case with all the people we know. It might be a good time to do it. And and just serial style. Yeah, like to roll it out. Yeah, yeah. Because I was only involved for the first twelve years, and then only the first twelve. Yeah, only the first twelve. Yeah, yeah. The last thirteen. We'd have to get somebody who really knew what they were talking about then. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and now Tony has his own business as a, I, I'm going to say life and career coach, but am I, is that incorrect? Not really career. Okay. So more professional coaching is what the way I fashion it. I, I work with professionals. I work with mid-level managers, and I work with small business owners to help them craft a plan to get from where they are to where they want to be. So it's very much like being a lawyer, only guess what, guys? I have no responsibility as a coach. Mm-hmm. As lawyers, you guys have responsibilities. No you got to do it. Well, no, but I do carry errors and omissions insurance <laughs> yeah. just in case. Just in yeah. case. Cover the cost of the defense, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, so get, what's a typical engagement um, look like? So it depends. In a larger organization, I, I, and mostly in uh, education institutions in Boston, I like to coach mid-level managers. The folks that have influence without authority, because they have to manage up, down, sideways, front and back, you know, vendors, uh, customers, all of that. Um, most of my work seems to focus on life-work balance. Mm-hmm. Where is that place where you can have be most effective in your life, so you can be most effective in your career? So uh, let's get into that because Tony. Uh, I've been looking forward to this because Tony's a guy you, you you can get weird with, like a lot of philosophy. You're a spirit. You're. A, I don't think you would. No, you wouldn't mind saying you're. A, you're. Uh, you like talking about life. Yeah. You're, you're one of these guys who who I would give as an example of who has figured it out because you, you 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 left the, the rat you. race. You still work very hard, but you're yeah. doing something now that you enjoy much more than than the rigors of practice of law. Yeah. I'm a recovered lawyer too. The two of us looking across the table at Max going. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I have a sound effect. There you go. And, and I'm, the, I'm the only one who has to leave this taping in five minutes to take a phone call. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. So what is uh, what is that? I hope type? you guys don't miss me. No, but um, and you're um, you're a spiritual guy, if yeah. you don't mind me saying. Yeah. Right? No, no, okay. absolutely. Um, it's a big so, part of it. so what do, do do most? So, and Tony, you and I have crossed paths in professional yeah. in professional worlds. We know a lot of the same people. Yep. What's the biggest thing that people get wrong in terms of uh, of work life balance? In terms of making their way in their career and their personal life? So, from my, both from my personal experience and from working with my clients, I've seen a pattern that repeats itself. And it kind of alludes a little bit to what we were talking about before we went on the air. Yeah. People tend to judge and make decisions based upon outside, exterior factors as opposed to looking inside. Mm-hmm. And, and if, you, if I could crystallize it to one thing, that would be it. In common parlance, trust your gut. Right? When we were on the case, there was one guy who used to say, my head may get it wrong, but my gut never will. And that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Because if I go inside and look, you know, do I want to take this opportunity? Do I want to work with this client? You, know, you can tell. You may not be able to figure it out in your head, but you'll know in your body what's the right answer. And if you listen to that, and we don't often because we're out running around doing our things, multitasking. If you do that, if you're going to develop that skill, you'll be better off in everything. So, so what are the vices that you find pulling people in the wrong direction? Is it materialism or prestige or ego? Some of that. So, so in my experience, there are two things that motivate people. One is love and the other is fear. So you're either moving towards something or away from something. How you do that is almost irrelevant once you understand what you're mo- what, what's motivating you at that moment. So it may be because I want to get a brand new iPad or I want that car or geez, I need that second house or I really want, for me, I wanted the praise of my clients. I wanted that feedback that, you know, hey, Tony Pelosi's my lawyer and wow. And that used to puff me up. And it brought me to the crescendo where at the end of, uh, you know, the, the Demoulis case, I was 18 months away from a divorce and I had no clue, mm. none whatsoever. You didn't know 
how your spouse felt about it. I did not know how yep. precarious that relationship was. Right. And, and it had gotten that way because you were so entrenched in this case that you were... 24-7, 365, yep. one vacation in 12 years. Jesus. <laughs> and, and to be clear that you were 18 months away at the time, but you were able to put it back together. I'm 35 at, yeah. years married yep. October 18th. That's amazing. And, and our relationship has never been better than it is these past months. So, I mean, I, I, I'm blessed in that regard. And in many ways, having run that gauntlet of the case was what it took for me to wake up. Mm -hmm. and, and that's often what happens, David, is you, you wake up because you either become enlightened, right? Well, that may happen to somebody in some many lifetimes, or you hit a crisis where you finally say, wait yeah. a minute, what's going on? A traumatic experience. Exactly. Yeah. Well, how, about how old were you at that crossroads? My <laughs> My, my wife kept saying to me, this case isn't going to end till you're 50. And I'm like, right. no way, get out of here. It's going to end in 18 months, honey. Right. I was 51. About 50, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think um, uh, most, and I'll, I'll be chauvinistic in saying this, but but men, I, I think yeah. maybe women experience their... Um, their crossroads in their in their lives differently. I, mm -hmm. I just think that I just think they do. But um, somewhere between like 45 and 55, I think every man takes a good hard look at what's going on yeah. and, and that's when when people tend to either get divorced or uh quit jobs mm -hmm. you know hopefully for for people that in their heart realize i if there's something i've always wanted to do i better do it now yeah um yeah do you, do you think that's true it's absolutely yeah. true because what happens is and i experience this in coaching so oftentimes at the beginning especially in my practice i was called in to coach younger people and and younger people haven't to put it bluntly, they haven't had the knocks and grinds right. and grunts that we who've got more time under our belts have had. So it's more it's they don't have something to push off against to say, yeah, I want to change that particular thing. I don't want that to happen again. They're kind of idealistic and, and I think we're all like that when we're young. Right. But as you become seasoned, you start to look and you say, geez, you know what? There is something more to this. Yeah. How many times I get called in, uh, one recently by a partners that had a case, they said, We've never made more money in our 23 years together than before, we're miserable. We can't even talk to each other. It's terrible. Yeah. And I come in and I coached them and helped them, uh, helped them get their relationship back together. And in that particular case, the poor guy, one of the guys got cancer. I actually yeah. had mm -hmm. to help them mediate and negotiate and the dissolution of a business. Uh -huh. um, money is seductive, right? Oh, yes, yeah. is it ever. Yeah. Um, you should have just offered to take all that money off their hands. and. Uh, well, there was a there was a difference between the two. They they were they were about five hundred thousand off in the negotiations. I said, well, you guys could just give that to me. Yeah, they, yeah. they didn't bite at that. I don't know. Yeah. Let, let's actually take a quick break here because we're losing Max. Because if you didn't hear it, he's such an important lawyer. He has to go do some <laughs> friggin' conference call or some such thing. I don't know. Are you coming? Are you coming back, Max? Yes, I am. All right. Well, <laughs> that, if, you'll, if you'll have me, if you'll have me, I'm, I'm giving you the uh, the polite. Golf applause sound effect. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's Thank the first, God golf, first, back, first golf applause I've ever got in my life. Max will eventually be back, and I hope you will too. Join us on the other end on the Boston Podcast. Hey, this is Chuck Hogan. I'm the author of The Town, and you're listening to the Boston Podcast. Yes! Hey, and we're back on the Boston Podcast. By the way, kids, for all of our past episodes, I hope you visit us at thebostonpodcast.com and uh, take a look. We've over the 
I was going to say over the years, but it's really over the year, I guess. It's been less than a year still, but um, we've interviewed some some true Boston icons, the, the likes of Emily Rooney and Bob Lobel, Upton Bell. We did a great one recently with um, Bob Long, private investigator, a guy who's who's been involved in some of the major criminal cases over the years. We talked to Jay Carney. You should go back and listen to that one now because Jay Carney, um, Whitey Bulger's lawyer, reveals some things in his chat with us that... Quite frankly, we thought he shouldn't have revealed some some <laughs> some interesting stuff about <laughs> candid conversations he had with his client Whitey. And if you've seen the Black Mass movie, you're probably all uh, intrigued of, about the Whitey thing. Um, my guest here, our guest here, is Tony Pelosi. Um, my buddy, the great Tony Pelosi, who is an accomplished lawyer who now is a as a career as a professional coach. And so we were talking about how you 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 talk people through the the major. Uh, you know, uh, cross points. What's yeah. what's that word? Crossroads in their Crossroads, careers yeah. and yeah. moments where they have to make a decision. Um, but tell me, just there's there's a little bit more to what you do. So to, to explain yeah. that. To so me. so, and you know, after being an attorney, I um, I got trained as a coach, and I really love that. Um, and you're right. I like to keep busy. I like to do things. If you don't, sorry, I'm Mr. Interrupter here, but. Um, a lot of people don't know uh, the training, and is there some? Is there actually a licensure? As a, as so, a no license, and right. that's what, that's what. I, as a uh, a an attorney, I was very concerned about that. There's an oversight body called the International Coaches Federation. They have standards of practice and they have canons of ethics. That convinced me that there was a sufficient amount of legitimacy to the profession that I would go out and get trained. Many people, you don't have to get trained as a coach. Anybody can call themselves a coach, and 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 a lot of people do who really aren't. Um, once I was once I was trained, I went on and took advanced certification and became certified as a coach. Um, and then I took um, some advanced training on relationship coaching, which is a little different than individual coaching. It's got a different focus, okay. and uh, but it allows me to bring to to, to to work with couples and teams in work or partnerships or any type of a relationship. So that could be anywhere from a married couple to uh, yep. business partners? Business partners, absolutely. Okay. One of the things that I did was, I, I, about midway through my career, is I coached a, a colleague who was an attorney, who was married to an attorney, and they had a practice together. And they were getting a divorce. And they had a child. Gee, I wonder why. I, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> very cynical of me to say. No, no. But I, I, I just, it baffles me. I, there's, there's a, there's, I don't get it. You don't get it either, right? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, you, I mean you, you, you just shared your story. I mean, heck, yeah. you, had, you had a tough enough time negotiating your own, you know, the, the rigors of your own job yeah. um, and, and maintaining your, your relationship at home. And some people decide, right. let's throw it all together in one big, you know, yeah. tempest. Um, and uh, so uh, there's a couple that... Um, I went to law school with, and they started dating first year of law school, uh, Sarah and Daryl, and um, we thought they'd never last, and they lasted, and they got married, and mm -hmm. shortly thereafter, we saw a website pop up. They had their own personal injury practice, the two of them together, oh. and just, so I, you're you're with this person 24 hours I, 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 mean, I know it, I, mean, I know it. Like almost, I, I never use the word literally, because I hate it, I hate <laughs> when people misuse it, but that is literally 24-7, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. No, I, I'm so, so happy that I married an artist who has got the creative thing going and all that. Right. Um, but with this couple, I coached her through the... So we had to deal with the dissolution of the marriage, the dissolution of the practice, setting up a new practice, ultimately getting into a new relationship. And about six months to a year after she was settled in this relationship, that at one point she was going to bail from, Right. she showed me a picture. And it was her, her current husband, mm -hmm. their child, her former husband, 
their child at a Red Sox game. This is a, that's great. And she said, David, she says to me, we have dinner once a month as an entire family unit. And we wouldn't have never have done this if it wasn't for the work I did with you. And that, I said, Tony, that's well, right. So hold on, just so I get this right. Sounds like you were coaching the, the woman? Or I was just coaching the woman just at this her, time. Okay. Just her. Right. But um, she was able to bring that those skills into the relationship. That is great. You know, I mean, now in this day and age, you, you'd think um, that would be more common. But mm. so, so, so I don't, out of respect for my kid's mom, I don't want to share too much about our personal situation but so we were married for 23 years and and we're not anymore and we work very hard and to um to keep things normal peaceful and healthy for the kids and 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 um people say to us like how do you do it and i i would give all the credit in the world to annie because (laughs) because she, she has suppressed every justifiable right to 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 call me a jerk and everything else i think but but it's 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 just sad that it doesn't happen more often because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that got that have gotten divorced and yeah. you know four out of five it, it, it's, it's it's testy at, it at best that's you know? right and but you know the interesting thing Dave the research that's coming out now in child development is showing that children of divorced parents when the parents are able to isolate the conflict, and it's, conflict is gonna exist, but sure. when they can isolate the conflict from the children, those children fare no worse than children in a singular nuclear family. Yeah, I believe that. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's, yeah. Parents don't realize how much of an impact they have on their children's lives when they when they are you know hassling back and forth. And that's what brought me to bring to kind of blend lawyer and coach right. because now I do parenting coordination. See, I think this could be a niche for you, not to be opportunistic or anything, but <laughs> but that that um, you know even so, there's, there's a TV show, Modern Family. That yes. I mean, we know this, right? It's a great show. It's funny, <laughs> yeah. and um, but in a way, it's not okay. So why is it a so-called Modern Family? So yeah. uh, so Ed O'Neill, the old curmudgeon. He's on his second wife, yeah. and um, there's uh, Mitchell and uh, yeah, the, Cam. The, the Cam, thank yeah, you, yeah. The, the gay couple. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose that's a, a, a modern situation yeah. to, to have a, a gay couple, and, and it's all very normal to all of them. But then, um, you know, Phil, who I love, and, and his yeah. wife and their kids, there's nothing modern about their family. It's a right. regular it's family. It's kind of a traditional see, family. See, yeah. see, it's almost like there's a show, and there's, a, there's, there's a, is it either a reality show or a, or a movie out there that... Speaks to a true modern family, like the the, the people you had um, and the people you work with, and everybody that was in that picture at the Red Sox game. Yeah. Because why not? Why not? Exactly. You know, you got actually. You know what? So I'm, I'm, this is what I do. I, I invite a guest on, and then I talk more than a guest. I'm gonna stop. I swear, listeners, just give me 30 more seconds. But I saw something on the internet that was that uh, that that made me tear up a little bit. And what it was is it was it was a wedding, and it was um. A, yep. a, a, you know, you know what I'm gonna dad. say? Yep. Yeah. You bet. So this and the step and the the dad the the biological dad uh, is walking mm-hmm. his daughter down the aisle, and he stops in the middle. And I guess uh, he had planned it all along. He went over yep. to the stepdad and said, "You're gonna walk it. You're just as responsible yeah. for her success. You helped as I raise am. her just like I did. Yep. I mean, t- what what a what a generous, yeah. what a what a selfless uh, yeah. gesture, yeah. right? It's on my website. It's I mean, it's on oh, my you, face- you saw it it's on my okay. Facebook page. Yeah, I see stuff like that. I you, you know, I send out my email called Good yeah. Stuff. I share that the good stuff. Email. And I also have a Facebook page where I the the visuals and the stuff like that I like to share and. It's, I get satisfaction and joy out of it um, when I can help people. And sometimes it's, it's helping them, most of the time it's just helping them get out of their own way 
and realize, oh my God, I don't realize, I didn't realize the impact of me saying this to her or her saying this to me was was you know was what's going on. So you you I mean, um, you know, it's 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 almost. Um, cliche to say, you know, hey, I'm on my way to see my therapist these days, because just about everybody sees it. It feels <laughs> yeah. like just about everybody does. But you, 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 you're you, not a therapist. Um, uh, technically, you're not a therapist. You know, no, training no, and all no that. definitely not a therapist. But it sounds like you have to play therapist. Right? So I, I, I prefer to say that I'm more of a spiritual guide, okay. more of a teacher. Okay. Yeah. Um, what happens is, what I do is therapeutic, but therapy is very much about the past and what happened and coming to understanding. My focus is really on the future and what actions are necessary in order to get to that next level. So when I'm working as a parenting coordinator, for example, I start off with some education. We set up a protocol. This is the way we're going to communicate. Tell me what's going on here. Tell me what's going on. This is the way we'll communicate. And then when an issue comes up, I hear from one, I hear from the other. And the first thing I do is try and have a conference call where we can, I can have a facilitated conversation. Right. And we try and mediate a solution. And most of the time, in all honesty, that happens. Mm -hmm. And then I, I write it up and that becomes law of the case. Okay, guys, here's the agreement you made. This is what you're going to live by. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't work, I then have to take it to the next level, which is where I actually arbitrate and make a decision based upon the facts. But my criteria is single. What's in the best interest of the child? Mm -hmm. And I issue that recommendation and they, by contract and, and by court order, um, soon with the, court, with the probate court coming out with some rules on this, um, are bound to adhere to that agreement, to mm -hmm. that decision, unless a judge overturns it. Mm -hmm. So it kind of short circuits the whole adversarial system, right. the whole let's drag it out and fight it out and do it. But I do it, and if I'm going to make a decision, the last question I ask is, so you really want me to make a decision about your child, David, because you, you and she can't find a middle ground, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll do that. And nine times out of ten, I'll get a call back saying, oh, why don't you hold off on making that decision? Yeah. And they talk. You're like King Solomon. Like, you're like, you're like you're, you really want me to split the baby. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, um, but um, so give uh, give me an example of yeah. a client that you're particularly proud of. Or was was there ever a moment where it hit you like, like this is great. This is, this is just what I yeah. signed up for. Yeah. So um, I was early on in my coaching. I was tr coaching a woman who had a real estate business, and she was trying to grow the business. She wanted to have separate, you know, separate offices and things of this nature, and that's what she brought me in for. And we went through. I coached her for probably about a year, and one day she called me up and she was in tears, and she says, "Thank you." I said, "What are you talking? What, what do you mean? What did I do, Mary?" And she's giving me permission to share this story so I can use her yeah, her yeah. name. She said, um, "You know." You never knew this about me, but in my family, I had I have a niece who is very, very drug dependent. She's married to somebody who's very drug dependent, and they have a child, and that child was being neglected in a major way, and I saw it, and I finally got the courage. I called DSS and had to have DSS come in, and you saved that child's life. Wow. Because DSS came in and took that child away. They're going to work with them. They're going to get a plan, but, and I said, oh, Holy my crap. God. Yeah. Talk about an unintended consequence. Yeah. But yeah, that's the most meaningful case. Everything I do is like toward the kids and trying to get them. Let's help the next generation not make the mistakes that we made. Do you feel like yeah? yeah. Do you feel like you, in, almost in a in a karmic way you are you're making the world a better place when in your old profession 
as a litigator. <laughs> Not that you made the world a more difficult place, no. but you, I mean, you were, you were, like, that Demoulis case was full-on combat. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Like, I so, was taking no prisoners. Even as a right. prosecutor, I mean, as a defense attorney, I mean, I was, I was polite. We didn't have the, the animosity that existed in the Demoulis case, mm -hmm. but... I was, I was, I would cut off your head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I just, as a public service announcement, I have to uh, inform everyone here that Max Perlman has re-entered the room. You can get started now. Yes. You didn't Thank cover any of the good stuff. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> One more hallelujah card. Uh, okay. Right. All right. Max, thank God you're here. I need the uh, soundtrack. The That's things, good. the things you missed. Um, you did miss a few good things. But, um, so, so, for Max's benefit, since he was out of the room, <laughs> Tony. Was I'm glad you're his friend, Max. Tony was, I, I hate to be on his SL. Tony was. Tony was just. By the way, you this, can this swear on the podcast. You can say yeah. shitless. Oh, you can say shitless. That's pretty mild. That's pretty mild. Okay. I was. I was about to say. This is. This is. Here. Here we go with my with Dave's parentheses. There'll probably be many. Um, we need we need the first f bomb on the Boston podcast. I don't think we've had one. No, we haven't. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna pull it up. What well, has to be natural? It does. Right? Yeah. I mean, whether it's from if you this is your office. I mean, you're wearing it. You're the only one at the table wearing a suit. Well, actually, I guess I'm wearing a suit, but I got my jacket off. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, so you're probably not gonna be the one. But not today. But but when it happens, like I feel like you know we should um, you play know, that hallelujah play the hallelujah chorus. We should we should issue a press release. Like it was it was it was just a matter of time. But there We've it is. We've matured. We've gotten to the level where we can finally drop. We'll, the get, a, we'll get a call from Susan Bocamaza. You're no longer promoting your. Yeah, they they post our website our uh, podcast. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> or they you know what that they, if they want to they can make an edited version. They can make the yes, they um, can cut it out. Yeah, yeah, right. The radio the radio edit. Yeah, because that audience is so adverse to language such as that right absolutely jeez <laughs> which 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 brings up something interesting because I think you Tony you, you you know so many people in town because your days as a DA you're, yes. you're, you're, you're working at the DA's office and then as a lawyer and so you know cops you know investigators mm -hmm. you know yep. um, give us a couple who are the people that over the years if you can think of a couple Yep. that you most enjoyed working with, like the true characters or, or the true really like salt-of-the-earth people that, that make this town just awesome, you know? Okay, interesting. Um, and then we want a few really aristocratic people who you've dealt with, not salt-of-the-earth at all. Yeah, not salt-of-the-earth, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. sure. So we could play that game, too. So, uh, yeah, so, so, so the, the most fulfilling time that I had and the, and the best quality people that I had was about the 18 months that I was working for Scott. I got hired by Mr. Droney. Um, he ran for office and All right, hold on. Uh, Tony, first of all, yeah. uh, on your way out, if you could pick up those names that you dropped over uh, around the carpet here. But, yeah. um, but <laughs> you're, you're, I know who you're talking about. But so Drone, uh, Droney... John Droney was the longest-serving district attorney in the history of Massachusetts, in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. In, in Middlesex? In Middlesex County. Okay, before, right before Scott Harshbarger? Uh, he was before... Right, yes, he lost yeah. to Scott. He, he okay. ran an extra time... He suffered from Lou Gehrig's disease, oh, um, and he was, uh, but but he was an incredible. He had his mind. He was an incredible guy. Um, he's the I, one that brought me in. Yeah, I remember being at the um, uh, Democratic convention mm -hmm. in Springfield when Scott was first running. Because yeah. I remember the people with signs yelling "Scott, Scott, Scott, Scott," yeah. and I said to myself. Well, that, at least that's an easy chant to remember. You know, Scott's <laughs> is a pretty simple, and. Um, and, and Scott was not, uh, 
he came on later in that campaign. Like at the yeah. first, he was trailing, and he. Oh he, yeah, and he, yeah. I remember him saying it's really tough to run against uh, an incumbent, it but is. he did it, and he's he's so he's a mutual friend. Sure, yeah. I, lo- I love Scott. Scott, he's a great he, guy. He, he's fantastic. You, and you don't and know he, Scott. Max? I do love Scott. He's, yes. he, I know you serve on a board with him. Yeah, right? we were on uh, the the Ed board at, at Lawyers Weekly. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I don't know who put me on that, but I put you on that. And oh, Scott Harshbarger at those meetings yeah. was awesome for about the first like you know uh, uh, three to four minutes of his spiel, and then there were two <laughs> minutes that came after that were just like, "We get it, Scott. We get it." <laughs> Is that fair? No. <laughs> oh, come on. No, Under the bus. He's in private practice now. Yeah. You don't have to kiss up to him. All right. Anyway. So, so anyway. You're so talking about Scott. He's talking about John The last Warren, 18 yeah. months in Scott, yeah. that I was working as a DA, I ran the narcotics task force. And not to beat a dead horse, but Bobby Long was in charge of the state police detectives. Right. And we had a crew of 10 state troopers who were the most committed professionals I've ever met in my life. Okay. And we had, we did, I mean, we actually had a case... And we did, we did many. We had a lot of wiretaps. We did a lot of higher-end cases. We had a case at the time that showed that um, the cocaine train went from Lowell, Mass, down to, uh, I forget the name of the town in Rhode Island, which was on the cover of Time magazine as being the central place for uh, cocaine distribution. Mm. And the case was so big, the feds ended up taking it over. Mm. It, was, it was incredible. It was the largest cocaine bust in the history of the Commonwealth at the time. So when we hear state trooper, we think um, real badass guy with sunglasses who pulls us no, over on the yeah, turnpike yeah. and, we, yep. and we're scared shitless of them. No. So tell us what, what, what a real... Oh, okay. Undercover guys. I mean, these guys were dressed in street clothes. I remember one time John McCabe walking around with a green shopping bag, a garbage bag full of pot. He was going out to trade the pot with these narco dealers of cocaine and, and doing that. I mean... We did the first trash seizure in the history of the Commonwealth, where what they actually. Answer? So they were, they had this guy they in, in their sights. They thought he was a coke dealer. They were trying to figure out what to do, and they came to me and said, "Hey, we want to seize his trash. Can we do that?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, where's he put it? He puts it on the curb. Promise me you will never step foot in their yard. I will not go on their property. Go ahead and do it." They took the trash, mm-hmm. got a warrant. It got challenged. The case ended up going to the Supreme Court, and the the uh, it got uh, validated. That was a legitimate investigative means. Um, yeah, you would think that taking somebody's trash wouldn't be a big deal, but it's but they they were they were going by the book, like you right. Know, well, nobody had ever done it before. One man's trash is yeah. another man's evidence. Yeah, exactly. There right. it is, and phew, bingo. Right. Um, so yeah, so that was th- those are, those are some good days. I mean, you know, is it Central Falls, Rhode Island? Central Falls. Central Falls. Whoa, okay. you are just the man. Yeah. yeah. I, I somehow I just remembered that, um, and I didn't look it up on my phone. Um, so, um, <laughs> and I've never been there in my life. That's right. So, yeah. so what, what is it that the home setting for your GPS in your car? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I, my homeboys. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 would you like to know what the the best coffee shop in Central Falls is, or the best gentleman's club? Is? I don't know any of those. But um, yeah, I mean, what, what a lot of lawyers might not realize because Max. You and I never went this way. Like I, like right back. I always, I could have shifted gears, but at, yeah. at BU, did you do the clinic in, in law school? I did not. Did you do a clinical okay. program yeah. back? Yeah. Where did you go to law school? Tom? Suffolk. Okay. Yeah. Um, was which was wonderful. Did you do criminal? Right. I, I did the criminal. I was in the yeah. 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 See, for some reason, I chose the civil um, clinic, which was also wonderful. I was in housing court. Great experience. I, yeah. I, I tried a full day case in housing course. I would. I was. I couldn't yeah. tell you how scared I was, but I, I won the case, and. Um, 
but the people that are criminal, you catch that bug. And I remember my my buddy, um, our mutual buddy, uh, Eric Nyman, who yes, just yeah. was appointed to the appeals court. Okay. Oh really? Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, absolutely. Give him some applause. Is it the genuine applause? The no, that's a good applause. Yeah. Congratulations, Eric Nyman, Justice Nyman, appeals court, was appointed. Also with uh, my he other was law school. Nominated. We, we nominated. We got to get up through named. the governor's council. Right. Yeah, right. He was named. Right. We should go to that. I would love to go. Yeah. Yeah. He, he probably, may not want you to. He <laughs> doesn't want us to go. We're going to be sitting there with popcorn and go, hey, go, Rick. Uh, anyway. My, my he, friend Tom Kaplanis got uh, nominated, and then he had his governor's council mm. hearing, which was it was fascinating. It was, it was a great time. They're, they are interesting to watch, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. 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 You told me this, but I forget. The, yeah, they're interesting because they're either um, just sort of... Um, Pro forma uh, or or comedy of errors, exactly. right? I mean, because yeah. the, the uh, sublime to the absurd, yeah. right? Because yeah. sadly, some of the people who are elected to the governor's council, they, they I don't know, they they ulterior motives. Not everybody shares the same motivation, Dave. Big time, yeah. yeah. But, um, but just in case anybody, I, I was not nodding in approval. Just in case anybody's too long <laughs> when when they put me up for my job. You love the governor's <laughs> council. Exactly. Yeah, nothing right. but nice that's things right. to say yeah. about them. But but. Kaplanis, you've told me this before. I forgot. Yeah. So it's it's Judge Kaplanis. Judge Kaplanis. Judge Kaplanis. Yep. Uh, he's uh, at the BMC. Oh, really? And he's good. a former prosecutor. Uh, For our, list, our listening audience, you might remember him from the short-lived <laughs> reality show Boston Twenty Four Seven, which at the time was a big deal. Looking back on that, I guess it was ahead of its time, right? Yes. Like now. Yeah. It, Reality shows are are uh, wall to wall on yeah, TV. Yeah. They did a show called Boston Twenty Four Seven. It was it was a, a single standing sort of. It was like a mini series almost. I think right? they had three or four installments, and they followed mm-hmm. around. Uh, I think a police officer. They followed called Mayor Menino. No kidding. Oh yeah, and and Tom Kaplanis oh. before he was Judge Kaplanis, and Tom is because they they had to figure out a way to sell this to the masses. Right. Tom was was uh, dubbed the Playboy Prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! We did nothing for his ego whatsoever. Absolutely not. And he was—he yeah. was, and probably still is, a good-looking guy, and he was yeah, single. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the only evidence of him being a playboy was someone in an office in his office told him his butt looked good one day, and but that was it. <laughs> that's the only, that was the that's only, only evidence you have. Oh, all right. Well, so it, maybe it was accurate then. But um, they, they also followed around uh, Laurel, my friend Laurel Sweet, who uh, uh, was a reporter for the Boston writer, Herald. Yeah. No, no, uh, yeah. Maybe still is. I'm not sure. Um, all right, so that was a huge parenthesis. But um, what Rick said, uh, Judge Nyman said, yeah. soon to be Judge Nyman said, um, he said criminal law is just more interesting. It's yeah. just, it's just there. Uh, and if anyone's, the reason why, I, uh, listen, I don't know, I've never done it, but yeah. I imagine if you've ever seen the TV show The Wire, were you a fan yes. of that show? Yeah. So the way they had to, a combination of strategizing. Mm-hmm. of uh, some of it uh, sort of furtive measures, you know, undercover work, right, yeah. doing everything within the boundaries of the law and chain of evidence and all that's that right, business, yeah. right? It, there's, a, there's a great art form to it, right? But tell, it, but, but tell us, it, so, was so that your experience? W- without a doubt, my most satisfying, professionally satisfying work, as much as I enjoyed the work I did in the Demoulos case and felt that we were uh, instrumental in getting a, a wrong justified and righted, the most satisfying work happened as a criminal in the criminal law. First of all, you're dealing with people's lives, and and my strategy was always to be a criminal defense attorney. But I didn't want to go out and learn as a criminal defense attorney, make a mistake, and have an innocent client go to the can. So I said, let me go learn how the offense plays, and then I'll play defense. Right. And I treated it that way. But you're dealing with people's lives. You're dealing with real stuff 
every day that, that, that matters. And yeah, there's a sense of gallows humor that comes up and this kind of a oh, yeah. wryness that happens inside right? the office yeah, because right. of the black stuff that you're dealing with. Mm. But when you step, it, step away and take the bigger picture, take a look at the bigger picture, you really are helping you know, society move to a better place. And, and, and I value that work. The Middlesex DA's office is, uh, I mean, just look at the people who've come out of that Middlesex DA's office. And moved on, and, and pretty much you know, every attorney general we've had in the every last every attorney general, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Martha Pete Agnes is up in the appeals court, and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Ruth Abrams was on the SJC. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, t that was Tom Riley's office. Tom right? Riley, yeah, so. well, back so it went from Tom, Scott so. Droney to Hoshbaga to Riley, Riley to yeah. to uh, Martha, Martha Coakley to Jerry, Jerry Leone. Right, all, yeah, and now and now, Mar my old office mate, Marion Ryan. Marion Ryan. That's right. Yeah, we shared an office together when I was back in the day. It's kind of like the Boston College with the quarterbacks. You know, all the Boston College quarterbacks go to the NFL. I mean, many do. Hmm. Well, not, not really. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm not a football fan, so I can't help. I can't wait on this one. It's up to you. All right. So, um, Tony Pelusi, who has been awesome in, in, as our guest here, has 22 minutes remaining before <laughs> his parking meter runs out. By the way, how awesome Thank is you. the Park Boston app? Um, if you haven't used it yet, people. You have to do it. It's oh. so easy. You never have to have quarters in your car ever again. Um, there's something fun about it. I it don't is, know. Yeah. And then it's you a game. Hunt down your zone, right? Right. And so now, you know, Tony. Somebody, somebody who's leaving their spot will tell you. Is that what's? Oh no 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 no. You know, it's just a way of paying for parking. And you don't it, use money um, in the meter anymore. And it tells you how much time you have left. But if you have five, if you have five minutes left for us, Tony, we'll we'll, yep, we'll, absolutely. we'll do a little exercise here. Okay, Max, if you're up for it, all right. I don't have questions prepared, but. This, I have notes. Oh, fine, I'll close. He's closing his book. He's looking at my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure you don't. Um, so we'll do the five minute, what we call the five minute drill with Tony, and yeah. you and I will alternate questions. So okay. we've got to improv questions. It could be anything. All right, okay? good. All right. So the way we play the five minute drill is we put five minutes on the clock, and um, it's a we proverbial just, clock. Yeah. Right. So we into. Oh yeah. So when we're, <laughs> when we're when Tony, when you have sixteen minutes left, right, but I have to run party. to the car to get. To no, we'll board. give you at least we'll give you at least ten minutes. Oh to go good, to the thank you. All yeah. Right. Um, and uh, Southie. <laughs> no, no, you're close. Right? Okay, good. All right, you'll be good. Um, and uh, so we encourage you to keep your answers brief. That's what right, we say. Ahead. Five minutes on the clock. Would you like to begin, Max? Or, or sure. I? Okay, go. You drive to New York, yep. and you have a CD player and only one CD. What All things it? must pass. What is it? George Harrison. All things must pass. Wow. The best, the best album in the world. Okay. My number one album. Yeah. All right. What, what, by the way, what would you choose, Dave? Oh, uh, forced to choose. Either Abbey Road or um, uh, Feed the Animals by Girl Talk. That's a, that's, he's a DJ. Uh, really uh, opposite. How about you? Ends of the spectrum. Yeah, what would you pick? Uh, the Chronic by Dr. Dre. <laughs> I'm not joking. Excellent. Really? Did you, okay. see, did you see the movie yet? The uh, NWA? Straight Outta Compton. Straight Outta Compton? I haven't seen it. Oh, so good. Yeah, you got to see it, yeah. Okay, right. uh, my question. Um, uh, mine's a dark question for no apparent reason. But, yeah. uh, um in years to come, when when the 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 great man in the sky calls for you, yep. you're about to die. You're on your deathbed. What yep. do you hope? What do you hope you're thinking about at that moment? What do you hope your lasting memory of life will be? Um, the the joy of being with my family and uh, the wonderful experiences with my kids and the beauty that's to come. Oh, that's good, Max. Um, I want you to name somebody who is known to be a great lawyer in in this town and and tell me. Uh, tell us how you think he, how that, he or she got that way, got okay. that kind of a reputation. So my mentor in the DA's office went on to private practice is Tom Hoops. 
I think Tom Hoops is an incredibly skillful, resourceful, and strategic thinking attorney. One of the best. How do you get so famous? He's a, how do you, he listened to me when he opened his practice. And I spoke <laughs> <laughs> he's a friend of the podcast. That's why. Yeah, he is. Awesome. He's, yeah, he's, got, he's got great Red Sox tickets, yeah. which he, he probably he does uses all, judiciously. Aren't those sweet? He does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had um, favorite breakfast cereal? Favorite breakfast cereal is oat bran and... Um, and oats, uh, the uh, Scotch cut Scottish oats, Whoa. chopped oats, together with a little uh, bit of protein added, so I can get my protein boost oh my in the morning. Goodness. Health nut, kick uh, ass. Yeah. Uh, hot or cold? You, you eat that oh no, you get heat it up, heat it up. Oatmeal, okay. maybe yeah, maybe throw a little almond butter in there or something sometimes. Whoa, oh yeah, okay. good. There's some Fruit Loops in there. That'd be a real. The sugar would send me over there. All right, Max, you're up. What's your favorite restaurant in town? Favorite restaurant in town used to be in Boston, now in Stoneham. It's called Angelo's Ristorante. Angelo Caruso is an absolute masterful chef. Wow. And he had a place on Boylston Street for many years, and I, I'd be there every day for lunch. Now he's in Stoneham. He's back in Stoneham. It's a restaurant with his dad. Bar none, best Italian food in greater Boston. What is your chosen remedy for a headache or any other home health remedy that you would like to share? You really want my answer to this? I do. Okay. So it's legal. Cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. For a headache. I had Lyme disease this summer. Yeah. I was in bad, bad shape. I had headaches that were killing me. My wife's giving me ibuprofen. Give me... Yeah. Sorry, dude. Uh, wow. Yeah. Of the medicinal sort. Of the medicinal sort. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay. You're right, man. Without naming any names, uh, what what is your best, like most memorable moment as a coach? Um, so we kind of talked about we, one earlier, but we, we, we so, so, so other than that one, maybe pick a different. Okay, one. other than that one, it is um, it's the time that I was able to save a, a friendship that these two men had when they were dissolving their business. I kind of alluded to it earlier. They were deep and close friends, but they were on opposite sides of how they were going to handle this. And being able to help them resolve and work through the differences and maintain their friendship. So, so you were so you were a mediator. Basically. I was I was yeah. coach mediator, and then I brought in the financial and legal people, Eric Sigmund and Bob Gordon, yeah. to do the work there. And Eric Sigmund, New England 500. Man. Yes, excellent, great. Um, is there? Is the, I'm going way off the reservation with this one. Um, Kit, do you have a memory of a shirt that you loved so much that has since been retired from the repertoire? And what is that shirt? It is not retired from the repertoire. Okay, I wore it this week, two weeks ago, at a retreat in San Francisco, and it is my long sleeve tie dyed t shirt that my <laughs> wife will not allow me to wear around the house. In what, 35 years, I'm not going to wear it, right? It's like I, 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 I put it. And, did, and I love it. You have a memory of when you bought it or anything? Oh, I know exactly what I bought. I bought it at a yard sale at a uh, at a uh, house. I forget where the hell it was in Reading. Yeah, I, I, years bet, years I bet it smells like a headache remedy. <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> hey, look at my band. Look, look at the wristband. Uh, I yeah. bought this on Hate Ashbury at the corner of Hate Ashbury. Uh, you know, two weeks ago. Tie dye wristband. Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, that's great. I gave you two rim shots for that one, Matt. Good. Um, I, I got a, another question. We got so maybe one more for you and one more for me. Okay, so I don't know if you're a sports fan or not, but but would you rather be able to hit a ball out of fence? Fenway or slam dunk a basketball? I think I'd go for the hitting the ball out of Fenway. Fenway is iconic. I mean, the garden's been redone. It's not the garden anymore. It's TD, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, This is not a great way to end it, but whatever. It's a good question. Um, what, what is um, either your favorite movie or the, or the movie that um, is, is sort of the most poignant to you when it comes to sort of lessons of life? Mm, interesting. So when I was sick this summer, 
I watched the entire Godfather trilogy, mm. and and that was to watch it again and again to see it again and watch the whole thing. There's a lot of lessons. Well, you should have stopped after two, but we know that. But that's well, okay. But, yeah. Okay, if 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 um, there is a movie, a bonus question: if there is a movie about the Demoulis saga, which which of which you were the legal team, yeah. who would play you? There's no question. Carlo Rivera. Stop. Bobby De Niro, <laughs> <laughs> my man. Um, I, I knew you were going to say that because I think I've heard you say that before, and and I think The Godfather uh, um, uh, jogged jogged my memory. As long as Matt Damon could play Paul Walsh, yeah, that, that, there we go. There, there we were go. two great trivia questions out of The Godfather, and I'm not going to ask them because the answer you're probably embarrassed. No, no, but the answer is going to be evident because yeah. it's The Godfather. Who who was the uh, uh, the only time in the, the Academy Awards history that two different actors won Best uh, Actor for playing the same character, and so think about it, it comes from The Godfather. Yeah, so playing the same character. So it's got to be it's got to be Vito Corleone. Yeah. Right, yeah. young Vito, Marlon Brando, and Bobby De Niro. Correct. Right, young yeah. Vito. And yeah. the other one is um, what actor? And I don't know. I'll, I'll be impressed if you know this guy's name. Who uh, he he was only in five movies his entire career. And every one of the movies was nominated for Best Picture. And then he was in one movie posthumously, and that was nominated for Best Picture. He came from Medford. He played Mo Green. His name no, was... No, no, no. You're thinking of Rocka. I was thinking uh, yeah, uh, yeah. of... He's, no. he's a Robert Ory of... of uh, no. Uh, no. Okay, so the the, the ultimate um, uh, forgotten sibling. Um, the ultimate, Fredo? Fredo. So, no kidding. Right, so yeah, John, John Cazell. John Cazell. Yeah. For both, uh, both Godfather movies, he was in... Um, Dog Day Afternoon. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, he was in The Deer Hunter, and he was in wow. a movie called The Conversation. Oh, that all, was a great. Movie. Yeah, yes. all those movies. Not and he got. And he, yeah, he did you know this? This is no. we're way we're way off the off the planet here. Stop but, listening now. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You're still listening. God bless you. But it's a great trivia question. Those are the only movies he was ever in. Appeared posthumously in Godfather Part Three, which is also nominated right. for Best Picture. Okay. Yeah. And but people, he was engaged to Meryl Streep. Uh, never got married. He he got cancer and he died. Oh, so wow. we're going to dedicate this show to John Cazale. Thank yes. you for all your great work. Fredo, you're listen, my brother. Tony, Tony's uh, he needs to run now too because his parking meter is running out. Yep. Uh, just tell us the website where people can find you for yep. your your coaching services and everything that you do. Real simple. Uh, that's the way my brain works. TonyPelusi.com. T-O-N-Y-P-E-L-U-S-I.com. That's me. So, come great. on, visit, sign up. I'll I give him an A plus stuff. as a guest. A plus, what do you think? Yeah. All right, yeah, five out of five on Yelp. That's gonna do it. Five. <laughs> <laughs> There's a website. The 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 uh, the finale music is uh, is swelling here, but this, did you know that they're, they're trying to start uh, a people version of Yelp, meaning you rate people? It's oh called. It's gonna talk be about fun. talk about bad bad idea genes. Yeah. Oh. I already got your grip. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tune in next week on the Boston Podcast when Max destroys me further. Thanks for listening, everybody. TheBostonPodcast.com. See ya. Thank you.